0: Whether you have a diagnosis or not, I don't care. Jump inside this podcast and I'm gonna teach you how to read your own blood work so you can find the answers to your health concerns. Yes, those normal labs that your doctor keeps saying, oh, they look great, we'll see you again in six months. They really have answers in them if you know how to read it correctly. So come join me along this journey, leave a review and share with your friends. Let's dive in. What health coaching certification program do I recommend? I get this question asked all the time. Well, I've finally vetted them out and the one program that outshines all others is Functional Diagnostic Nutrition or FDN. There are three reasons why. One, it's very clinically based and teaches labs. I myself turned down a master's degree in functional medicine because it didn't teach labs. Two, you have lifetime access and it always gets updated. This is important because things change and you need to be in the know. Three, when you complete the training on your timeline, they have an incredible post-grad community, so they don't just kick you out on the streets and say, good luck. If you've been thinking about receiving your health coaching certification or are a practitioner looking to branch out and scale a virtual practice, now is the time. Make 2023 your year. Do this for you your family, and those you're about to help. Go to fdntraining.com slash kylie. Check the show notes for a $250 off code available for a limited time. I am happy to announce that I have partnered with Functional Diagnostic Nutrition because I love their program so much. They are now the podcast sponsor. All right, let's get into the podcast episode. Here we go. Welcome to the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast with me, Dr. Kylie. We're in May, guys. (laughs) This podcast has been going for nearly three years, and when I started it, I had no clue what I was doing. We're over 200 episodes in and hundreds and thousands of listeners, so thank you so much. Today's special guest comes all the way from Europe. Her name is Scarlett O'Connor, and she is a master and educator and everything experienced, in the world of eating disorders
1: fellow redhead welcome on scarlet hi nice to meet you and it's really nice to be here thank you for having me it's a privilege
0: let's talk about uh eating disorders because they're very very prevalent and people are very good at hiding them
1: yes they are there is a lot of shame surrounding eating disorders um, and a lot of hiding, hiding behaviours as well. And um, there is of course a lot of different types of eating disorders, and um, the diagnostic criteria is quite tight. And um, they do like to put people into boxes. But personally, I think it is very hard to typecast people based on appearance. So when you say hide, you know, sometimes it is apparent that somebody has an eating disorder. Sometimes it isn't. So,
0: yeah, I'm not so big a fan of diagnoses either. Oh that's the name of the podcast, Beyond the Diagnosis. We are on the same page there. Yeah. I mean. So getting diagnosed with anorexia or bulimia or orthorexia now is popular. People who are so strict with their healthy eating that that's actually an eating disorder. Yep. Um, where do you go from diagnostic criteria, escaping that world and into the reality world? I see
1: uh, all eating disorders are mental health conditions and they are addictions because they involve changes in brain chemistry um, from whatever way. I mean, my my main focus now is I work with bulimics or binge purge anorexics and mainly because I have, I'm obviously a qualified therapist, but I have my own lived experience with that condition in particular. Um, And that is an addiction and a mental health disorder. You know, so as much as it's a diagnosis, that's the way that I see it um, because it changes the brain chemistry quite significantly.
0: Do you want to dive into that more?
1: I mean, you know, with me, it was it was related to weight and shape. I was unhappy with the way I looked. Um I was an overweight child and I developed anemia from that, from starvation my body physiologically was literally, I got to the point where I wanted to lose weight, so I wanted to change. And this isn't the same for everybody. Eating disorders can start for so many different reasons, right? Traumas, there's all different kinds of of, of pause points for different people. Um, But for me, it was about changing my weight and shape. So I went on the diet, um, effectively developed anorexia, which pushed me physiologically into that hunger place that every human being feast and famine, when we're going to starve, we're going to overeat, which then took me to bulimia. So the brain reaction in that was, my body was starving physiologically. Um, and then I ended up, of course, binging, overeating, and then compensating for that by by purging, by And that's how I developed bulimia. Um, so you know the the, the brain chemistry in that it becomes an addiction. It, it is a way of coping. It's so much to say in a in a small space of time. You know everybody has their own reasons for the start of it, but um yeah, it, it becomes an addiction. Your brain gets used to the fluctuations of taking in large amounts of food and then purging them out again. Your dopamine's all over the place. You know your reward systems are lit up, and you get to eat the food and then purge the food and stay slim, and it's an addiction. You become addicted to the changes in the brain, which therefore helps you to ignore all the negative effects that it has on the body. Those things kind of get cancelled out because the addiction takes over.
0: How did you escape this? What was your journey out of it?
1: <laughs> My journey into it, that's, that's, you know, that's really encapsulating it. I mean, it started for me at such a young age with binge eating disorder. I think I was... A really small child, I learned very, very young that food was a really good way to quiet everything emotions, feelings. Um, I had an undiagnosed health condition, so pain you know, I just used to eat to to sort of shut myself down. So it started young and it went right the way up until I was 38. But with me, it was just next decade ago, yeah, isn't it? it was 25 years for me. Started with binge eating disorder, I went to bulimia. Um, but my recovery point was was a no choice situation. I got to a, a physical and mental place where I had to make a decision. It was a life or death thing for me. Um, I mean, I have clients who don't don't go that far with it. You know, that make proactive decisions to recover. I actually had yeah, another. I had another
0: interview on this podcast with someone who fought eating disorders for a very long time like that, and she mm-hmm. got to the point where it was she was pregnant, and it was either you live. And your baby lives and you give up this problem or
1: you both die. Okay, so I have seven seven children and unfortunately for me I was I was only ever able to ease up. I I think that's lovely see I love to hear that. That's a beautiful thing to hear. But for me, I was only ever able, able to to ease up somewhat in pregnancy, um, because again, it's it's different for different people. And with me, it was all about I was in the grips of an addiction, but it was about kind of harming myself. So when I was pregnant, I had somebody else to consider. So I did ease up, but it wasn't the cure for me. The funny
0: thing up. is, it's like, well, I'm pregnant right now. Hi you! And, ah,
1: congratulations! And-
0: Pregnancy for me is miserable. Like I'm, I'm halfway now, but it's like I cross over that first part. But that's my time where I, I struggle to keep food down. So it's like anything yeah. I can and just keep it down. It's amazing what the body can do when we're pregnant.
1: Most definitely, that's a whole podcast in itself. I, I could talk for hours about that. It is amazing. I had normal white babies. Um and I actually managed to conceive birth control doesn't work well when you're bulimic, but I actually managed yeah. to conceive like, six stone with one of my older as only you guys don't work in like a ridiculously low weight and I still fell pregnant um and carry a baby. And yeah, the body does amazing things and I didn't enjoy it like <laughs> But my body managed to get through it and, and produce a good weight baby who's now a strapping, and great big eighteen year old. You know, it was it was the first Four children that I was actively in disordered throughout the pregnancies. Um, so what happened at thirty-eight? What switched? I literally was—I'd been—I'd been admitted, so I'd been admitted as an inpatient, and I'd effectively escaped. So I'd taken myself home. Didn't want to be away from my children, um, but I literally faced a life and death decision. I'd got to the point where my body was shutting down. I was at such a low weight so that I couldn't. I just couldn't carry on. I was vomiting blood. Um, my body was not in a good state, um, and mentally, I wasn't in a good place. So I, ha- I had to make a decision. It was it was a life and death decision, and I had literally tried every kind of therapy that there actively is, mm-hmm. uh, and nothing had ever worked for me. So I had to make a decision, and I had to look at myself. Through very clear eyes, and um, I chose to, I chose to stay alive, and it kind of went from there, really. Especially
0: when you had kids that you were in charge of, and you were their mom.
1: Most definitely, but mom. I mean, so, yeah, within all eating disorders, there's there's a lot of enabling that goes on within you know severe eating disorders my husband took on quite a heavy role with my children and you know what I have no shame now and, and this is a lot I get a lot of sort of wide-eyed looks like are you really going to say that you know but at the time I was in the grips of an addiction I had a mental health disorder and I would effectively I was there for my children I wouldn't jump and in the day but I would when they're in bed but I wasn't well enough to spend time with them so my husband would compensate for me and it was just like, oh my'm a deal you know and I, I've had to forgive myself for that. I lost years and years of time with those kids years, but that this is the nature of eating disorders and there is so much shame around it but I don't feel that shame anymore you know it, it, it is it is I have to forgive myself and
0: I have to you say you've tried everything what
1: was the what was the thing yeah. that worked for you? So what I had to do was, and, and this is what I do in my practice now, really, you know, everything that I was put through always involved looking at the physical aspect. you know, what are you eating? What What is your blood doing? And interestingly, my blood was pretty stable throughout my eating disorder. My I'd stopped menstruating, but my blood stayed stable. The only thing that ever showed up was something called creatinine kinase, which normally only shows up when someone has a heart attack. So I would have blood tests and they would be like, whoa, you're having a heart attack. I was never having a heart attack. That My heart muscle was obviously breaking down in my body, which I always found find rather fascinating. But other than that, everything was pretty stable. Um, but yeah, so what I had to do, I had to look at everything that I'd done um, and take it away from the traditional methods. So writing food down, fixating on all of those kind of things, going back to the past, re-traumatizing, why have you got this, you know, what did you go through? Revisiting and re-talking about it had never ever helped me. It never helped me at all. You know, it was absolutely horrendous. It was like shaming myself over and over again, giving off lists of what I'd done and how I'd done it. And so I basically worked the complete opposite. I started to look at what I was doing in the now in the moment first of all I took responsibility for it I was like you know what this is me yes I have a mental health condition yes I'm in the grips of an addiction but it's mine and I'm the one who's continuing it and enabling it and then what I actually did was the complete opposite so I looked forward if you like I looked at destructuring the behavior that I had at that time rather than keeping on going backwards keeping on oh you know someone will help me to eat or someone will we can get through what happened in the past etc etc i focused everything on my behavior and the structures of my behavior in the now and that's how i work with people now and it it works so much more effectively it's kind of like if you've got a cut on your arm why would you keep picking it open you know why would you keep going back and trying to that's the way that i approached it so I, i worked in the moment like every day rather than oh, I'm, I'm ill because I'm making excuses.
0: Does that make sense? I removed all no, of that. It makes sense a lot. Um, I've gone through, I, mean, I don't have the trauma as what we would consider as trauma, but mm. I have a lot of, going back now that I know, I had a lot of money trauma. Mm. A lot of stigmatism around money that I've had to go back and heal. My husband's opposite. He's He's got a lot of that typical trauma that we associate tra- trauma with and he we're the same way Mm -hmm. we're like why would we go back and talk about the situation over and over and over again that makes absolutely no sense yeah because and he'll go to retreats where he's gone for four or five days and has no phone like they drop they take their phone the moment they walk into their resort and they pick it up when they're done and when they Mm -hmm. they don't talk about anything like the last one he went to it was it was incredible um, but they were physically releasing the emotions out of the body. They didn't say a word about the trauma and what was and why those emotions were there. They just released them.
1: Yeah. Whether exactly. it be like
0: through a very, I mean, he came back and his back looked like he had been beat up yeah. through, through massages, through all sorts of different physical releases, through like a 24-hour meditation. And now instead of hunting on YouTube every night, we meditate and we yeah. listen to the the uh, sound chimes and like the sound bowls and things like that I would have never imagined I'd be doing
1: that yeah. Yeah, literally your, your your husband you you know the traumas that you've been through and your body and your mind know the traumas that you've been through because they manifest in your reality and they're there with you at all times but <sighs> to keep visiting them and keep fixating on them and focusing on them and even looking at the, with the food, you know, let's write down everything we eat. Let's let's focus on the fact that we can't eat. Well, actually, no, that's not. Let's look at what we actually are doing. How are we doing it? You know, what are we doing every day that's enabling this and allowing it to continue? That's the different approach. And it makes such a difference. Like with my, with my clients, even in my general therapy practice, before I started specialising in eating disorders, what I never understood was why somebody could say to me, "I have this trauma; I was abused as a child." It's okay. We don't. We've done it now. They said, unless they want to say more. But very often, the look—the look of relief on people's faces. You don't want to hear about it. You don't want me to know because we've already established that. So therefore, we know that you have that trauma. We know that that's going to affect your your mind and your body, and then we work on how it affects your mind and body and how we can destructure and change that in the now yeah which is how i I worked with myself and that is what saved my life It, it sounds simple obviously there's a lot more complexities to it but it's about that it's about destructuring it's about looking at what the effects of the past of the traumas of the incidents but how they are now and and the more you tell the story the more you enable the story the more you give that story power Exactly, but be, people become that story, and yeah. that doesn't take away. You know, obviously we va- we validate the um, we validate the reasons why. Of course, like at the start of everything, we we we, you know, sometimes we write a letter to ourselves or whatever it might be. This is why I have this. I understand that you know there's often work to do around self-forgiving or self-shame or whatever it might be for each individual person of course we validate it but then we move away from it and we look at what's happening right now it's kind of like 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 doing a test you know when I first got my eating of this was the state of my body that's completely irrelevant to where you are five or six years later when you're into recovery right it's got nothing to do with the situation of the mind or the body in the moment that's that's how I see it you know so as much as when I first got ill, I was here, and this was happening, and X, Y, and Z. That's not where you are now, because food is fluid. We can't remove it. We can't get rid of it. And life is fluid. There changes. Everything. Does that make any sense? It's kind of yeah. like I move it all into the now, and then I just structure it. And that's which sounds kind of brutal, but it's not. But that's how I did it with myself as well.
0: Well, it's a it's an avenue that works. Mm-hmm. Like when I get when I work with patients, I'm like, yeah. Tell me was what was the last time you felt well? You felt good. Well, what was this mm-hmm. time? Okay, go. Cool. What's well, happened since then? And like we just like you said, we're gonna establish that it happened, mm-hmm. but then we're gonna move on. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people in the mental health and needing disorder and addiction world, they they have to keep reliving the story and counseling. And, and I'm not gonna diss counseling, but there are other ways. Rather than yeah. just repeating the same story over and over and over again and managing how you're feeling. you can manage it up for a certain amount of time, but if you're not truly healing from it, which is what it sounds like you're doing, you're truly you're truly allowing people to heal from those traumas, which breaks them free of addictions, that's where you get the real results. That's where we're gonna start seeing anxiety and depression and all these mental health orders diminish. When we bust out of that, I'm going to give the story all of my power. And we just know that the story is there. We release all the, and heal all the emotions that are tied with it. And watch as the body heals itself.
1: And it might formulate an
0: eating disorder. It might become, you know, uh, MS or Parkinson's or Hashimoto's, like whatever the diagnosis is. Physical healing can only get you so far. Staring at the food journals could only get you so far. hundred percent. hundred percent. You got to go in and do more. And that's just reality. You have to face that moment. It's like, how bad do I want it?
1: Oh, yeah. So, you know, it, with me, it's getting a whole picture of what, what is, is manifesting now for the person, mentally, physically, what's happening now that we need to work on. Let's go into that. Let's not go back into you know where you were then or what what was happening then. Let's go into what's happening now. Yeah, and that's the same with other illnesses as well. I I have a diagnosis of a health condition. It's I don't agree with it. That's another subject. I'm not going to get I'm not going to get onto that. But I don't live the reality of my diagnosis. And 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 when they take my blood, they're like, what? How does it change every month? And I'm like, because I change <laughs> when I believe it and when I live to it you know things change in our bodies but it's about working with what you've got right now and what's happening mentally and physically and how your mind and your body has reacted and that does involve quite a bit of work you know you've got to look at what's going on in the daily structures it's not not just about oh okay so i feel a certain way we'll just remove that It's breaking a lot of things down. You know, it's looking at what's happening and what's going on mentally and physically, which which takes work and people have got to want it. You know, like when when somebody comes to me, I don't just say, yeah, you know, come on, come, come. There's a lot of work that goes on between me and them before they even get to to come and work with me because they've got to be ready for it and they've got to understand that we won't be re-victimising. We won't be sitting. I'm not interested in going it, that's not what I do you know that's what therapy may be which I'm qualified to do as well but that's not what I do because it doesn't work it doesn't work
0: oh we could talk forever because we are on the same path I'll with that you like, know I'll
1: say that I will say that in the face of doctors like it doesn't work come at me it doesn't work tell me show, no. me, show me show me how it works physically give me some results and and I'll argue <laughs> it it works
0: work. it will work like in the short term like when people say Oh, I gotta make it to I make it the next three months without XYZ. Okay, I'll okay. do it for the next three yeah, months. Yeah. And then there you're like, okay, you're good. You're done with counseling. Mm-hmm. You didn't solve a thing. Mm-hmm. You just helped that well, push push through yeah. Yeah. those three months that they had to push through to be whatever it was. So yeah, I get it. There are mm-hmm. very There are a lot of ways to heal, guys. And Mm -hmm. if you're a fan of counseling, if you are a counselor, I'm not getting on you at all. It's just the same thing with Western medicine. You've just been Mm -hmm. trained. And now I would encourage you to bust out and train differently. Which I have. (laughs) Exactly. And then when you train differently, just like I have with blood work, you get different results.
1: Real results.
0: All right, Scarlett, where can they find you?
1: Right now I have my Facebook and my website will be on there so you can contact me via there. The- but your Facebook URL
0: up. so they'll know when it when it comes live.
1: We're not yeah, your, Facebook, Facebook your website. There.
0: Your website URL. My
1: website, yeah. My website will be on my Facebook or my LinkedIn in Scarlet O'Connor, but I can I can put in the links to that. Okay. We'll get the information.
0: Check out the show notes and uh, below this. And you have you're in the UK but you work with worldwide people, right? Yeah, I do, yeah. yeah yeah Yeah. so try something different guys bust free and just see what happens i'm a big fan Mm -hmm. Uh, my family's a big fan but it is different and different gets results the health coaching certification program that I recommend is Functional Diagnostic Nutrition or FDN. You can get started anytime. So grab the $250 off code from the show notes and go to fdntraining.com slash kylie and get started. Don't wait any longer. Make 2023 your year. Do this for you, your family, and for those you're about to help. fdntraining.com slash kylie. Ready to have all of your blood work compiled in one location where you can easily read it all together? Well, go grab my book, Why Are My Labs Normal? on Amazon. Grab it, learn how to read your own labs, and take the power back in your hands because your normal blood work is loaded with answers. You just got to have the right person reading it, and the right person can be you. Go grab it on Amazon, Why Are My Labs Normal? by Dr. Kylie Burton. Leave a review, and we'll see you on the next episode.